today Zarathustra would have to update his message by downgrading man into male. As the descent of man from Nietzsche's era has only continued. In his time, society still, at the very least, ran off the fumes of great men of the past. Today, we have a whole new fuel altogether, that of femininity, which has fueled men into becoming males. A male, which is much like the shadows on the wall of Plato's cave, just mere imitations of man. We must first ascent to the status of man before we are even to reach the path of overman. Whether we are devolving from Hyperboreans or evolving from monkeys matters not. What matters is we are in a dark age. And I don't just mean civilization as a whole. I mean us as individuals. We are in a self-spiritual dark age. There are many who believe that life works in cycles and that only the changing of these different ages can induce change. Au moment où vous, où vous, vous affirmez que nous traversons l'âge obscur dont parle la tradition hindoue, quel est à votre avis le remède ou les remèdes à cette dissolution de la civilisation actuelle Réponse tout à fait négative. I disagree with this. I believe action induces the change. And we have seen man has been able to harness this action into change many of times throughout history. Our society is a macro expression of our collective selves. So if we deem society sick, it means we are also sick. Which means to cure society, we must first cure ourselves. If we want to live in a golden age, we must exercise the dark age within us. When man seeks to improve at anything, he uses tools of improvement. For example, if you are going to be tested on a subject, and if you wanted to succeed, you would study the subject thoroughly, reading, writing, processing the information, these are your tools of improvement. Just as if you were an athlete of a sport, the time spent physically training and studying strategy would be your tools of improvement. So it is with self-betterment. You simply just can't become a better man. You must work at improving yourself and use tools of improvement to get the desired results. Forcing your own personal golden age into the material world is no easy task, and while there are many fine works to be found out there that all help with self-betterment, these are the eight steps to a higher evolution. Eight tools of improvement to bring about a better you and in turn a better world. Complacency is cowardice. Action is just. If you demand more of yourself, you will have no other choice but to demand more of your surroundings. Number 1. Idealism and Self-Discipline 
Idealism being the belief in something greater, a goal in life that extends outside of yourself. Is there anything metaphysical that you are truly willing to die for, go hungry for, live uncomfortably for, sacrifice for? Probably not. When you evaluate your values, how high is your idealism? Idealism is our much needed fuel of irrationalism that thrusts our rational selves forward into chaos. And chaos brings about change. The nihilist has nothing to live for, but the idealist has everything to kill for. Our fanatical love of metaphysical ideals are crucial to manifesting thought into action. Make no mistake, the search for true idealism is no easy task. Much too often people pick ideals like they do a pair of shoes. You must discover a belief that invokes real reaction within you, real enough to have it consume your life. Where taking the ideal from the meta and bringing it into the physical becomes obsession. This is true functional idealism. Self-discipline being the key to everything good in you. A control of your emotions, passions, weaknesses. A true mastering and control of yourself. Discipline is the closest thing that you can achieve to real freedom. With discipline, you are free from your lower instincts which bind you with primitive urges. Discipline can be improved like a physical muscle. The more you say no, the more it grows. But discipline is not found in the absolute or in the abstinence, but rather in the moderation. To completely indulge yourself is a lack of self-control. But to completely abstain is fear of yourself. Discipline is found in the happy medium, true control of self. Through discipline, you are free to pursue your higher self. Discipline is the foundation of all self-improvement. Number two, physical and mental purity. Do not gorge on junk food or junk for your mind. If you sabotage yourself by flooding your body with toxins from processed shit foods or visual toxins from junk television, you are depurifying body and mind. Your body and mind cannot perform at its highest potential when it is polluted. So that means less Cheetos and soda, more spinach and chicken less porn and reality television and more beneficial reading and self-contemplation. Only by fueling your mind and your body properly can you hope to get the best results out of yourself. These harmful but pleasurable sensations found in food and entertainments are provided for you at gluttonous proportions because they help restrain you. Break free of the imposed restraints by purifying yourself. If you take care of your body and mind, your body and mind will take care of you. Number three, 
physical exercise for physical body. A part of purifying your body is strengthening your body through physical exercise. Physical exercise adds self-confidence, overall health improvement, longevity in life, and is aesthetically desired or respected by your peers. Physical exercise is your thought put into direct action. Your body becomes an upgraded vehicle, now more effectively used to transport your ideals. Consistency in physical exercise is just one of the many self-battles one must endure through discipline to make themselves a better person. In the work Sun and Steel, Yukio Mishima equated the lack of physical masculine aesthetics in modern man as a result of their lack of virtuous masculinity within themselves. They dismiss what is better because they themselves are so far away from better. Physical strength is crucial in both the meta and physical aspects of your life. If your body is weak, your will is weak. And if your will is weak, you will remain in those satin bracelets that are currently shackled upon you. Number four, control of the breath and life energy. Breath is your life energy. Without breath, there is no life within you. This life energy is an undefinable force within us that bonds us all to the conscious world. Mastering your breath is mastering yourself and your physiology. Mastering your breath is an ancient knowledge that even today has modern prophets preaching its virtues. There are many different methods and teachings in regards to breath control. Personally, I have found favorable results in the Wim Hof breathing methods and the nose breathing methods discussed in books like The Oxygen Advantage. While Wim Hof's methods and the nasal breathing methods advocated to induce nitric oxide throughout the body in Oxygen Advantage may contradict each other on surface value, one being solely focused on the nasal breathing, the other breathing by any means necessary, I have found a happy medium that has produced noticeable positive improvement in control of my breath. The pragmatic applications to life with breath control are countless. Everything from stressful situations to panic states and in high pressure moments, all can be altered one way or another through breath. Mastering our breath is getting more in touch with oneself, which leads us to our fifth step. Number five, interiorization of the senses. Self-contemplation, long silent hours spent in solitude, examining oneself, your behaviors, your habits, your feelings, where, why, how do they come from? Where can you make them take you? I have reached understandings about myself in a sober solitude, whether in my cell or study. 
I have found answers to myself randomly appearing out of nowhere while intoxicated on marijuana or hallucinogens. I cherish every breakthrough. Every one is a peeling back of yet another layer of that seemingly never-ending onion that is I. If there is truly someone I have no pity for in this life, it is those who do not take the time to explore themselves in hopes to understand themselves and their surroundings better. They are truly not worth living. I could provide quote after quote of great thinker through human existence on the importance of self-contemplation. Many of wise men has known we can never become who we aspire to be if we don't even know who we are. You must come to know yourself. You must at times force yourself into solitude and dive into that abyss that is you. Be aware of who you are so that no man can take advantage of your unawareness. Because people are deficient in inner contemplation, they have filled that void with material trinkets supplied by the very bastards that wish to keep you on the hamster wheel of nihilist materialism and servitude. Number six, one point concentration. Every self-help book worth a damn will try to neuralistically program you to use mental tricks to rely on them so that they help you improve yourself. One of those mental tricks is one-point concentration. Do not overburden yourself with many battles, but slay one dragon at a time. Achieve one goal after another. Before you can fly, you must learn to crawl, walk, and run. And you can only do that by focusing on the next step ahead of you, not looking further down the road in disappointment because of the long path still ahead. No. Focus, advance, improve, and overcome. Number seven, cleansing of the subconscious mind. A cleansing of the subconscious mind will result in a healthier conscious mind. We are often harassed with negativity from within ourselves. That little negative voice that tells us we can't or we are unworthy. That self-sabotage that always seems to appear when we are doing our best. Quieting and eventually silencing that inner negativity can be achieved. Methods like meditation, yoga, core imaging, self-contemplation, dream interpretations are among some of the ways to address your subconscious. How do you know if any of those tools of improvement are working on your subconscious? When that inner negativity goes from a voice to a whisper. And when that positive voice becomes the dominating functioning inner dialogue. Then you know you have addressed and repaired the negativity swirling around your subconscious. Number 8. Super Consciousness This is you at your true potential, physically, mentally, and spiritually, in tune with yourself, your surroundings, and your idealism. Now, is it mandatory for all 8 steps to be mastered before change manifests in the world? Of course not. 
The climb to a better you is a never-ending ascent that is often met with a stumble here and there, but as long as you get back up and continue the climb, you continue to strive for a better you and a better world. As Yukio Mishima said in Runaway Horses, to be thus a man was to give constant proof of one's manliness. To be more a man today than yesterday, more a man tomorrow than today. To be a man was to forge ever upward toward the peak of manhood, there to die amid the white snows of that peak. Simply acknowledging your faults, weaknesses, and lower self is enough to get the wheel of change in motion. But to deny your faults, ignore your weakness, and indulge your lower self is to fool yourself into believing you have already reached the peak. If you choose to remain ignorant of yourself, then it is here at your peak that you will remain.